following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. There are so many crazy people about, and one can never tell what they will do. Yo, what up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Getting Loser. We're starting a podcast. You know who it is. It's your boy, Cheetah. Hey, what's good? It's Chup. Holy shit. Where he came from? It's the boy Chopping It over here. Man, it's been a while since you've been... We hear your beautiful voice out here, Cheetah. <laughs> All right, calm down. Don't, <laughs> don't get a fucking... Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. <laughs> what, a couple weeks in the podcast world? That's like... Forever. An eternity. Yeah. He's, he's getting a man boner for you over there. Fucking he's like, like a It's like a fucking a cat over here. <laughs> or like a dog when you go, like, you know how that dog just sits at the door? He's like, oh, where the humans at? Oh, I'm sad now. I'm going to lick my ball. I'm going to lick uh, my balls. You got a pod rocket going over there? Uh, no, nah, I'm not going to pod okay. rocket. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> a I miss you too, uh, Chop. <laughs> a, little, a little bit too much there. But so, uh, wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait! Before you go on, you see how Cheetah wasn't even happy that you came back on after being. That's involved. my brother, dude. I've, I've seen him more than you since the last time. No, no, no! Not in the podcast world. This is the world. Oh, world first. Don't try to. I'm don't try to start you, a fight between us, man. All right? no, I will. Don't try Very to start ashamed. A fight. The, old, the, old, the older brothers know how what's going on. Whatever. We'll fucking frog splash your ass. Whatever, dude. Damn right. Damn right. Or fucking three D ass you're at in, in your own trailer. Mm-hmm. Good luck. My family's like, you better, I hope you guys can catch me. <laughs> I said that, I said it to your mom a lot. It's like, you better, like, you, you gotta catch me. <laughs> Yo, do you know there's turkeys around your house, dude? Yeah, dude. They're fucking vicious, too. You better stay away from them. They're nuts, too. Yeah, dude. Uh, the whole gaggle of fucking turkeys outside your door earlier. Yeah, dude. And they were there when I got home, too. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, them fuckers are huge, dude. I know. Dude, how big are you talking? Probably like fucking thing looked like it was like a hundred pounds, dude. And they stood like three feet tall. You, you know sure? why? You know why they keep dude, going? I swear to God, maybe not a hundred pounds, dude. But the fucking thing was thick, and it was fucking like three and a half feet tall. Was it? Did it have like a little ball sack on his chest? It had, definitely had a little sack on. Oh, that was a Tom. Yeah, you know why like they keep going back to the park, dude? It's because fucking Zach feeds them all the time. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why nice. all the animals come back to the park because Zach feeds them. That's why he's got a hundred cats around his house all the time. <laughs> he's always like, oh, I don't want these damn cats. And I'm like, well, then stop fucking feeding them. <laughs> Nut job. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's like, if that's the case, and Harry used to have a little, little fuck cat come by at the house and meow, shows his butt in the air, like meow. Oh, shit, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. I had to take him out back. <laughs> well, he swims with the fishes. <laughs> This is not mafia time. Shut the fuck up! It's whatever time I want it to be. Yo, we they do put him in the person in the garbage disposal and <laughs> fucking jalopy. So yeah, man, it's been it's been a minute since we all been together. What's up? What's everybody up to? Um, my I'm I'm on all three shifts now. 
No, we don't care about that. Mm. We want to know about mm. it too. We want to know about the real exciting news in your life. Mr. Chop over there is fucking domesticated. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs> moved in with your lady. Uh-oh. Or she moved in with me. <laughs> she well, moved technically, in technically, you both moved in with your grandma. So, if we're being technical. Are you guys all moved in? Yeah. She all moved in? Yeah, except for a couple here and there. How was that? It's all right. First day, dude, I'm living together, full day, I texted you. I'm like, yo, my house is domesticated. Like, you know what this fucking dude says back to me? Help. Only one thing says back to me. Oh, the TV's really big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's nice. Yo, Good job. Yo, when you guys do come over there for uh, for uh, Sunday, for football days, that shit is, god damn. Yeah, the TV's fucking huge. It's a monster, huh? Yo, I oh, definitely, yeah. I definitely rearranged my living room. Now, before, the, I had the one couch on the one wall. Now we got this little section that's in the back part of the back part of the living room. My uh, the day bed's up more. That's right. I use that day bed. Day bed for chopping in the morning. Nighttime for my grandma. <laughs> it's a win. Uh huh. I, I always take my little naps there. Of course you do. Right on. Yeah. Um. Then yesterday we started watching the show The Floor. Rob Rob Lowe. That's actually a good. It's actually a good show. It's a game show. Hmm. With Rob Lowe on, on Fox. It. It's on Fox. If you got Hulu, you can watch on Hulu. All the episodes are currently up there. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's like uh, they show like common things, like 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 because you're an expert in skateboarding. <laughs> He's an expert in uh, movies. Uh, Cheese is expert in movies. I'm, I'm expert in uh, food. <laughs> <laughs> I was, gonna, I was gonna say, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna say comic book and stuff, but you comic book too. But because you're, because your topic is skateboarding, and if they do pick you, um, you gotta try to come up with like show pictures or something like, oh, what's this? A truck? What's this? Who is this? T- Tony Hawk. Right. right. And the movies like who's starring like something like that? Then food and they show. But if you do knock the person out and you decide to go back to their seat. You take their topic, like if I oh, okay. if I if I challenge you and I beat you and I want to go back to my seat. No, you're skateboarding. Yeah, but then you can challenge everyone else. Wh- who's the last challenge you do? Then you can take their topic. Ah, uh, I see. Like, that sounds oh, cool. Because you go in there, it's like, okay, I'm a skateboarder. I know what skateboarding is. I, you know, movies, and I'm over here at food, and you you don't know nothing about movies, and he doesn't know about food. That's that's how it gets a little tricky sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. I, uh, you know what's a game show I missed, man, from back in the day? Uh, a Minute to Win It. I'm not sure. It had Briefly. That dude, Flavortown guy, was the host. What was that guy's name? Oh, Guy Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri. He was the host in the early days of it. That was a great show. Okay. Yo. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I was going to say. You, do you guys remember fucking... I was just thinking about this shit the other day. Uh... Remember that cartoon from back in the day? It was called Wacky Races. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Dude, that's a banger, races, bro. Dude. I was thinking about that shit the other day. I'm like, I was thinking, like, is this like a false memory? Because I remember it having like Scooby Doo in dude, it. Dude, it brought all the OGs together. Yeah. Penelope Pitstop. Bro. Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly and, and Muttley or yeah, something. Dude. Fuck. Had the one car was all just little fucking mafia dudes. 
Yes, dude. Yeah, man. The Baker Street Gang or something yeah, they called. Yeah, I remember that show, dude. I and then uh, I was trying to think of some of the other ones. Wasn't there one with like all a bunch of uh, like uh, army guys or something? Yeah, there was a tank. Yep, with army guys. It was kind of like a ripoff of like Bartleby from like the comic strip. You remember? Damn, uh, that shit's like a blast from the past, bro. You remember fucking uh, Captain Caveman? Nah, oh, I can't say I do. Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman! Yo, um, yo, cheated in like when they brought Captain Caveman into the new Scooby Doo movie? Yeah, because they made him look like shit. Oh no, they didn't make him look like shit. He had more lines. Captain Caveman is supposed to be, oh, I'm Captain Caveman! <laughs> yeah, in the old show, he barely ever he barely never spoke any actual words because he was a caveman. But so Tracy, no English. But Tracy Morgan was actually good for that role, too. No. You don't like Tracy Morgan? <laughs> they had Tracy Morgan as him. <laughs> I like Tracy Morgan. He just strange. wasn't good for that role. Was Tracy Morgan the uh, one that cheaters in um, Longest Yard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was a good role. That, that whole movie, The Longest Yard, is... Um, Isn't Joey Diaz in that shit? Yeah. Joey Can Diaz. of corn. Can of corn and I'll be fine. <laughs> I think his name was Fat Tony or something. Like, you better, yeah, not, you better yeah. not cut my fucking... I'll fucking slice you. You fat... You <laughs> motherfuckers better not cut me. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. I'm gonna say a controversial opinion about that movie. I think that movie's better than the original. I, dude, to be honest, I never watched the original. I never watched it either, I don't think. The original's good, but I think that one's better. You know why? The one thing that the original has better, I think, though, is it has the dude um, who Mark. played in the old 007 movie, the one who played the villain Jaws. He's in the original Longest Yard. Yo, is, oh, this, yo, is the original Longest Yard the same concept as well? Pretty much. But it's got the stars, Burt Reynolds. Yo, you remember your favorite movie ever when you were a kid? Fucking, um, Big Green. Dude, I fucking love that movie still. That soccer, that soccer movie? Yeah, it was, like, it was still like, the, great. It was Yo, like the soccer little giants, basically. That movie's still great. Yo, um, it's a Westman call. It. It's, um... Uh... Goalie, are you ready? Goalie, are you ready? Hi, Hi I'm, I'm Larry! Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that movie. Dude, yo, is, is, that, uh, is that him and Porter? Yeah, dude. I love that kid. Yeah. Squints was in that The movie Great Hambino, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Squints was in that movie too. I, w- I wish I could meet uh, Patrick Hammer. Is it Patrick Hammer? No, that, I'm thinking uh, Patrick Hammer of uh, Channel Two News. What the, the Weatherman. fuck? No, his it's name Patrick is Patrick Renner. Yeah, I wish I could meet Patrick Renner. Me too. I'd love that. It'd be awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, well, you... I still... dude. That movie is still great, dude. Yo, I you know, you know who else is an unsung hero that I just realized the other day? Like, if you live in another part of the country, you might not know about him. Who? A fucking unsung Buffalo hero. Literally Buffalo royalty, my man Rick Chatterat. He's actually from like um, South uh, South Canada, but yeah, he, he yeah, is... he's the voice of the Sabers, so you know that's where he's known it for. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was trying. Uh, yeah, he's like from St. Catharines. The word. Oh, Rick Chatterat. Yeah, he's a fucking beast. R.I.P. Him. It's not the same. Like I like I don't watch the Sabers game anymore. Listen, because of that, because I don't got cable. Who really has cable nowadays? Yeah, really. Like, th- for the cable package, I'd rather go on Hulu Live or YouTube Live or YouTube TV. 
Or some or some crazy shit like that. The way these fucking right, so. the way these streaming services are fucking active, man, people are gonna start going back to regular cable. Charging all this ridiculous amount of money for fucking nothing. Like they're saying Netflix is gonna hike their price up again this year. They just hiked that shit up again. That's crazy, bro. Like you ain't making enough money, dog. And it's really most people only watch Netflix for like you watch like I mean, maybe you'll check out the new stuff, but mostly you're, like, watching for, like, one or two shows. You, like, have, like, one or two shows on every streaming Ah. service. It's, like, getting a little ridiculous. The only thing I use religiously is my Hulu, and that's because I have live live TV through it. Yeah, Hulu is fire for the live TV. Yo, I I watched it. I had experienced his Hulu live one, his Hulu TV live. Yeah, don't fucking use my shit ever again. That's not for you. No, it was for me. It was for my grandma. But... I don't use it. Uh, I don't got the fire. I don't got the fire stick plugged in. That's something else. But um, when I watch, it's like, hey, this reminds me of cable. Like better, ca- I can actually watch like History Channel. I can mm-hmm. watch Ain't Dead. See, you can, dope. you can catch me if I'm not watching my cartoons. Yeah, man, I watch cartoons still. We don't. If you don't watch me, if you don't see me watch my super shows, I can watch Real Trent. You saw season two. You see season oh, one. Oh yeah. Dude, what the fuck? I ain't never behind on shows. Man. But um, all I do is watch shows. But if but, <laughs> I'm old, but on, I'm an uh, old man. Like if I don't watch a show like that, you will catch me on a History Channel or a Science Channel. I could watch. I could watch a science if it's a good Science Channel. I could watch that shit like for eight, seven, ten, twelve hours. Yeah, man. I gotta Facts. go home and fucking finish a new episode of Love Is Blind. That's right. I said it. That's right. I watch <laughs> it. Right now. Fuck is it. uh is what's her name <laughs> in that show? That show was fucking wild. Is Love Is Blind? Is it um? Matt Coleshaw's uh, no, wife? She did Love Island. Oh. Love is Blind was hosted by Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa. That show's fucking, man. I ain't never seen messier people in my entire life, dude. Them people is messy. Is it like one of those like Big Brother type shows? No, it's like, it's literally like it, the name like gives it away. These people like meet like in pods, but you're not allowed to know what they look like. Until you choose who you want to marry. And then you finally meet. And then you have to get married. Well, you you basically you don't have to get married, but you have to go to the altar at the end of the show. You go to you meet at the altar, and then you get to decide whether or not you want to actually get married or call it off. Yeah, it's like one of those trash reality shows yeah. that you can't help but watch. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a, a car accident. Fire, yeah. yeah, you can't, I can't look, help away. look away. Yeah. There's one chick on there. Her name is Chelsea. She like early in the season, she like told this dude that she was like, "Oh yeah, my friends have told me I look like Megan Fox." So, like, it's, like, the big thing this season. Everybody's talking about, where does she look like Megan Fox? <laughs> it's funny. So it's oh, yo, show. how about the girl that jumped out of the fucking Uber, bro? Crazy, dude. Isn't that wild? Rest in peace to her. I wonder what happened. Yeah, it sounds sketchy, right? I guess they re- the guy got uh, let off, though. Hey, man. Yo, how do you explain that? You're riding an Uber. You're the Uber driver and say, and- and chicks is like, fuck this life, and opens the door and just fucking gets smoked, fucking smoked by a semi. That's crazy, but, isn't it? But who? But like in that situation, who gets in trouble? Does the guy? Does the semi driver get in trouble for smoking the chick? No, Yo, man, that fault. You put your own self at risk. Can you not? Yeah. Can you right. treat it with a little more compassion than oh, she got smoked? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Dog, come on. No, I'm just saying. In the situation, if somebody. I feel you though. Like, just, yeah, no, nah, but you better hope. Could you imagine, like, being the Uber driver, and then now you gotta, like, 
plead your innocence, like, auto- automatically everyone is like, oh, this fucking guy, you know what I mean? What the fuck did he do to her? You know what I mean? That's gotta be terrifying. You better hope you got a camera in your shit or something, dude. Yeah, man. That's, uh, a lot of big, like, uh, crazy shit like that has happened the last couple of weeks, man. A fucking, uh, you know, one of the OGs in the adult film star world fucking killed herself the other day, man. Crazy oh, shit, dude. Who's that? Uh, Cagnulin Carter. Mm. Killed Damn, herself. Damn, a lot. That shit happens dude. a lot, yeah. actually, to porn Yo, stars, I, I was going to say that. I was going to bring that up on here. I think the porn industry needs to be studied more because that shit happens way too much, dude. Is it, is it? Like, people think the porn industry is, like, so fucking cool and shit, but that shit takes its fucking toll on you. Dude. It's like, you got you got to imagine, bro, like... Some of your having you, some of your like worst moments ever, yeah, and just caught on camera after people relive it over and over again, especially like when that shit hits the internet, dude. Because then there's fucking probably thousands of people talking directly about you, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, just, so mess, yes, yeah, it's crazy, crazy, man. You can't take back, you know, some shit you can't take back, man. You know, it's that's crazy, yeah. That's Yo, um, wild. I think, um. There's a new uh, show on, uh, is it HBO Max? Max? Well, fuck it. Uh, or, yeah, Max. Um, about the 90s and, 90s and 2000s kid TV shows. Like the shady shit of that shit. Oh, yeah, a lot of that. A lot of shady shit. Yeah, it comes out next month. Uh, March 17th. We should watch it. And we should talk about it for sure. It's a lot of that shit. Yeah. A lot to do with like Nickelodeon, like that Dan Schneider dude and shit. And um, I think Disney too. They're te- in the trailer for it. They're yeah, teasing I did hear like a Disney big, before too. A lot they're of teasing shit. a big uh, one of the big uh, child stars that is, I guess, has never spoken about what she went through. I guess she's gonna speak in this documentary. Nobody knows who it is yet, though. It's a bunch well, of... Watch it be like Hillary Duff or something. No, Hillary Fine Duff. Yeah, she is. A lot of people are saying bad. it's going to be Amanda Bynes, but I don't think so, man. She's, I think she's too far gone, unfortunately. Yeah, she's off, she was off her rocker. Uh, but you, you don't see her that much in the news, so maybe oh, she's, she's doing better now. She's on TikTok now. She's got a TikTok. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's you know, um, far gone. She's is she still? Gone. Look, yeah. look at Orlando Bloom, bro. That motherfucker is gone, bro. Yeah. Well, Did you see the one interview yeah. where they're like, somebody like brings up Raven Simone, and he's like, how do I know you're not Raven Simone? Yeah, that like, motherfucker bro, is clearly yep. schizophrenic. I heard uh, fucking uh, Corey that play her little brother. He's fucking went off the rail bad. Yeah, I think that's stars do, man. It, that's Orlando Bloom, ain't it? No, no. no. Orlando Bloom was her was her friend uh, that was in love with her. Oh, uh, supposedly. No. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, then uh, yeah. At one point, we talked about the uh, we talked about Nickelodeon where. A few months later, we we're supposed to talk about the uh, what really actually happened in <laughs> land. We kind of did, but not really what happened to the child. Oh, <laughs> land! <laughs> why, why are you doing that? <laughs> because I don't want. I don't want to get the uh, yeah. Because they're gonna come after us of all people. All the pods out there talking about it, they're gonna come after us. Hey, we might be the lucky person that got a guy in the base like, hey boss, they're talking about Yeah, we're gonna wake up it. tomorrow and a guy in a Mickey costume is gonna be beating the shit out of us. <laughs> yo, while we're hanging from our feet. Yo, if that shit happens, I swear to God, I'll, I'll say, hey, uh, hey, uh, oh, Mickey Mouse, uh, I know you work for the man. Can you just record this moment for me? Because I want to laugh at it later. Yo, also, uh, also, oh, did you guys hear about that fucking Lake and Riley, man? 
that young college student that was killed by an illegal immigrant on campus. No, I didn't hear about it. Fucking wild, yeah. Dude, shit is hitting the fan in America, bro. It's, yeah, dude, it's, it's really fucked bad, up. Dude. Yo, um, the, uh, that North Carolina, the South Carolina chick, she lost the primary against, uh, L. Trumpy. She, she oh, not, Nikki Haley? Yeah, she's not, she, like, she's not too happy about that. She's a fucking stupid bitch anyways. But, if, if, here's, here's my opinion. She'd be like another fucking Hillary Clinton. But, here's my opinion. Yeah, she's a suit. Yeah, but here's my opinion about the uh, the election time. If it's a population vote, if the one candidate, I'm not going to like Trump gets the population vote and Biden doesn't. If the population vote goes to the president, like President A gets the pop, get the most population vote, you don't have to worry about President B. You don't have to worry about the electoral college. They should base on population first. Then if it's like a close race, like a like fifty, like I'm not saying. Yeah, then I, I like see what 50 you're mil- saying. Like fifty million people, both for this, uh, both for A, and fifty million. Or be, yeah, then the, that electoral is like the tiebreaker. Yeah, that should, should be. Yeah, yeah, but not. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Once the electoral, once they starts getting into the electoral college, and shit, that's when it seems like starts to get into like, like for example, all right, maybe some fuckery might be going on. Like no, not with them. <laughs> like for example, uh, Georgia always been a red state, except for the except for the popular areas. They're they're blue. Or it's like, prime example, New York. All New York except for New York City is a red state. Until you get to New York City, Long Island. Yeah, Florida, right. That, they're blue. Yeah. But we don't talk politics. I'm not mentioning no names. Well, yeah, let's... there was a lot of shady shit with the last election, too. You remember all, like, the miscounts and all the fucking weird shit that was going on? Hey, man, I trust the Pepperidge voting Farms, system. Farms, I trust the fucking voting system more than I trust Casey Anthony as a babysitter. All right, so... <laughs> There's no one oh, more trustworthy in the world, know. I feel. You heard that meme? like, yeah, I'd rather trust that. But, like, I, I think I'd rather have Casey Ames watch my kid because I could watch that ass walk across the floor. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're a sick fuck. No, <laughs> but any whom. Let's, let's... Don't fucking say any whom. Ever get on this pod. <laughs> you know or I will fucking end it forever. There's one for the segue reel. Yeah. You know, years from now... One day we will have a compilation of all your Years from now, we finally shut the pod down after, you know, a thousand episodes when we're finally saying, you know, we're done. We're going to put out one final episode and it's just going to be... The whole episode's just going to be you doing terrible segues. Let's call it Chop. A segue to nowhere. Yeah. Any whom. (laughs) Like, any whom. What do you mean, any whom? Um, you want to... Did you you just say any whom and then answer yourself? (laughs) Probably. But anyways, anyways, like Pennywise, <laughs> I'm kind of kind of excited about this uh, about this, about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, yeah, me man. Too. I was uh, once well, again, I, was, I, I was... did less research on this topic. Again. No, really, <laughs> color me surprised. Uh, color me surprised over here. I cut to make. So yeah, I was looking up. Uh, I wanted to start getting into more like you know, like I know there's lots of like stories out there about, like, mistreatment of, like, you know, and, like, the insane asylums and shit, you know, around the world, and I, that was, that was something I wanted to try and get into more of talking about stuff like that, and that's when I came across the story of Nellie Bly, 
And I read into it, and I'm like, oh, you know, I like this. I think this is a pretty solid topic. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yo, before you continue on, uh, my mom works for the psych ward. Like, she's a nurse for a psych ward. <laughs> I love how it was just super silent. I didn't say a word. No, but, um, I, re- I was going to roast you, but I chose not to. <laughs> I chose yeah. to take the high road. No, go. <laughs> go, ch- ch- you know why? Because you go make a slash as comment as we get out there. It's like, no, oh, I would oh, never. Well, oh, why, by the way, you, <clears throat> your I mother. Love your mom, no, man. you'd be like, by the way, your mom asked me to come visit her. I love your mom. More than one man should love another man's mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, 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 if you don't. Yo, Chup, you Dude, you walked right into that one. I yeah. can't save you here, bro. Yo, I'm saying, if you guys don't hear from Cheetah next week, you know yeah. what happened to him. I'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on vacation. The yeah, Bahamas th- with your mom. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be, be funny. I only do it because I know you can't ma- yo mama joke back to me because she's your cousin, so. It's just easy. I, checkmate. No, I can't do your mama joke. But yeah, I'm but not, my mom would beat your ass. Yeah, yeah or or or, or both. Or both her couples are in this room right now. I like, uh, I'm not doing mama bear right now. All right. I don't know. I don't know if I like to be called a cub, but okay. But, motherfucker, cubs. A bear. Let me just get back. Let me. We get back to the episode. Let me just do a little breakaway no, segue. No. A bear has a, a mama bear has two cups and her little litter. You're two of them. So your mom is mom bear. You the two cubs. He's the older cub and you're the younger cub. No, back to our regular schedule program. So but yeah, yeah you uh, you're in a dope little vein there with the uh, fucking shit that goes on at some of them psych wards back in the day, dude. Oh, yeah, I got a. Uh, I actually got a really big story. I'm trying to uh, piece together for an episode one of these days. About that has to do with like psych ward shit, and it's a real fucking wild one. Yo, how about this? We should go so live into a psych ward. So, so I'm trying to. There work. is one in Lockport, I think that's that was shut down or something. I know there is one local. Mm. <coughs> I'm gonna take a pass. I'm good. No, we're dragging you out there. We're bringing you bad juju into my house. I'm we'll strap you down to a fucking gurney if we got to. No, no, we can be a straight. We can be a straight jacket like from. No, uh, that'd be even worse. From Good Please Burger. Yeah. And then we'll make you watch Silent Hill reruns. No, no, that's okay. And make you watch Killer Clowns from Space. Or, or fucking American Horror Story Asylum. No, no, I'm okay, thanks, though. Yep. I'll be at home drinking a, a nice coffee. Yeah, nice coffee with Lax Have, that shit. Uh. <laughs> Yo, we should do a lactose challenge. No, I'll <laughs> shit my pants, dude. <laughs> no, not lactose, but like a lactose Yo, challenge. I got a fucking, um, thanks for reminding me, dude. I got a fucking, um... CAT scan earlier, you know how they they put you on an IV and then they fucking pump all that all liquid the in you. Stuff in you. Yeah, dude, I thought I shit my pants, <laughs> yeah, bro. I swear too, to God, dude. I thought I shit my me pants, too. bro. I had it not long ago for the first time ever. I thought I pissed myself. I had to like cross my legs to like make sure I wasn't like <laughs> wet down there. I'm like, oh yeah, my god, too, dude, dude, I definitely just pooped on yeah. this table right now. <laughs> it's funny too. They always tell you they're like, oh yeah, you're gonna, it's gonna feel like it, but it's not. And then you feel it, and you're like, this feels pretty fucking real. I feel like it happened. At first, it was like amazing. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm all warm and shit." And then I'm like, "Oh fuck, a little too comfortable." Then got home and change your shorts for a different reason. <laughs> no, no, mom, it's not. It's not. It's not pure shit. I just felt uncomfortable. It, it, shut up, mom! It's white mud. <laughs> like, why is it white mud it's near white your crotch blood. area? <laughs> 
But yeah, so uh, Nellie Bly, um, born Elizabeth Cochran Seaman. <laughs> Seaman. Wow, what a name there. Cochran Seaman. Uh, she was born May 5th, 1864, uh, but she was better known by her pen name, Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly. Nellie Bly. She was an American journalist who was widely known. This is pretty cool about her, actually. She was widely known for her record-breaking trip around the world in 72 days in emulation of Jules Verne's fictional character, Phileas Fogg, uh, you know, based off the what made the movie... Uh, Around the World in 80 Days. Well, Nellie Bly did it in 72. So, so the movie Around the World in 80 Days is a lie. And then uh, she also did a uh, an expose on a mental institution, which is what brought her a lot of fame as well. And they they say that she was a pioneer in her field and launched a new kind of investigative journalism. So I'll just... Give you a little bit of, about her. Um, I lost my marker. You say marker? Uh, hold on. Uh, Elizabeth Jane Cochran was born May May fifth, eighteen sixty four, in Cochran's Mills, now part of Burrell Township, Armstrong County, Pennsylvania. Her father, Michael Cochran, born about eighteen ten, started out as a laborer and a mill worker before buying the local mill and most of the land surrounding his family farmhouse. He later became a merchant, postmaster, and associate justice at Cochran's Mills, which was named after him in Pennsylvania. Michael married twice. He had ten children with his first wife, Catherine Murphy, and five more children, including Elizabeth Cochran, his 13th daughter, with his second wife, Mary Jane Kennedy, uh, Michael Cochran died in 1870 when Elizabeth was six. Uh, as a young girl, Elizabeth often was called pink because she wore she frequently wore that color. As she became a teenager, she became, wanted to portray herself as more sophisticated, and she dropped a nickname and changed her surname to Cochran. In 1879, she enrolled at Indiana Normal School, now Indiana University of Pennsylvania, for one term but was first forced to drop out due to lack of funds. In 1880, Cochran's mother moved her family to Allegheny City, which was later annexed by the city of Pittsburgh. And in 1885, a column in the Pittsburgh Dispatch titled What Girls Are Good For stated that girls were principally... For birthing children and keeping house, this prompted Elizabeth to write a response after the pseudonym, under the pseudonym, Lonely Orphan Girl. The editor, George Madden, was impressed with her passion and ran an advertisement asking the author to identify herself. When Cochran introduced herself to the editor, he offered her the opportunity to write a piece for the newspaper, again under the pseudonym Lonely Orphan Girl. Her first article for the dispatch, titled The Girl Puzzle, argued that not all women would marry and that was needed. Uh, and that what that what was needed were better for jobs were better jobs for women. Uh, her second article, "Mad Marriages," was about a divo- how divorce affected women. Uh, well. Dang! Uh, yeah, how affected women, and in it, she argued for reform for divorce laws. 
Uh, Mad Marriages was published under the byline of Nellie Bly uh, rather than Lonely Orphan Girl. It was customary for women who were newspaper writers at the time to use pen names. The editor chose Nellie Bly after the African-American title character in the popular song Nellie Bly by Stephen Foster. Cochran originally intended her pseudonym to be Nellie Nellie Bly with a Y, but her editor her editor wrote Nellie with an E by mistake, and the error stuck. Madden was oppressed again and offered her a full-time job. Uh, as a writer, Nellie Bly focused her early work for the Pittsburgh Dispatch on the lives of working women, writing a series of investigative articles on women factory workers. However, the newspaper soon received complaints from factory owners about her writing, and she was reassigned to women's pages to cover fashion, society, and gardening. The usual <laughs> role, up, the usual role for women journalists, and she became dissatisfied. You, um, Robert Seaman? Is that her daddy? What do I look like? Robert fucking Ancestry.com, dude? I don't fucking hmm? know. Her dad was Robert Cochran. <laughs> Alright, who's, who's Seaman? That was her fucking original name. Her mother's maiden name. Um, her dad or her... Or original dad. It was only five hours and five minutes away from us. From Cascale, New York. Oh, shit. But, anywho. Thanks for that random piece of information. Hey, hey I'm over I'm giving you guys random facts. That's Chop facts. Chop facts. Might be good, might be bad. So, uh, <laughs> so they, these factory workers didn't like the way... Nelly was talking about him, so they wrote to the paper. The paper said, well, fuck this bitch then. Down to fashion and society where you belong. This loose woman with her words. Exactly. How dare she speak on Mel. Um, still only 21 at the time. She was determined to do something no woman had done before. She then traveled to Mexico. Got her nipples pierced. Oh, my God. Dude, does it be you're, you're becoming as bad as him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See what happens when the two oldest in here rub on each other? Rub off she on then it? traveled to Mexico. Hey, yo! <laughs> <laughs> she then traveled to Mexico to serve as a foreign correspondent, spending nearly half a year reporting on the lives and customs of the Mexican people. Her dispatches later were published in a book form as Six Months in Mexico. In one report, she protested the imprisonment of a local journalist, journalist for criticizing the Mexican government and then a dictatorship under Porfirio Diaz. When Mexican authorities learned of Bly's report, they threatened her with arrest, prompting her to flee the country. Safely home, she accused Diaz of being a tyrannical czar, czar suppressing the Mexican people and controlling the press. Yo, Loki, she was kind of a rebel, huh? Yeah, she was kind of a badass. Was she like the Jonah Ark of the of the steampunk era? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd say that, but no, no, I'm just saying, um, not steampunk, but no, it was a good, industrial, good... industrial, industrial. I was trying to think about that. Yeah, steam, steampunk kind of fits, kind of. Yeah, you get it, steampunk, because she want to be a rebel like Jonah Hill or Jonah Ark. I, I get it. I get Jonah it. Hill. Jonah Hill. Uh, Bly left the Pittsburgh Dispatch in 1887 for New York City. Uh, and penniless after four months, she talked her way into the office of Joel 
Joseph Pulitzer's newspaper, The New York World, and took an undercover assignment for which she agreed to fiend insanity to investigate reports of brutality and neglect at the woman's lieutenant, loot, fuck, women's lunatic asylum on Blackwell's Island. Literally like a movie waiting to happen right here. Literally. So, I mean, she goes from fucking outing a tyrannical Mexican government to now she's going to go undercover in an insane asylum to expose the abuse yeah. that these women suffer. Yeah, it's like 21 Jump Street uh, Insanity Edition. Literally. Like, it's insane. Dude, I wish... It's I, crazy what this I, chick did. Pretty crack. I wish they could make a movie like this. Like, or Netflix series. I believe there was a movie. Or, I believe there was a movie and a TV show at one point. Yeah, not surprised, because this is literally... But I'll have to, we'll have to wait till we itself. get to that part to find out, but... So, after receiving this job, after receiving the, you know, you know, knowing what her next article was going to be, Nellie spent that night practicing expressions in front of the mirror. She checked into a boarding house, and she refused to go to bed, telling the boarders that she was afraid of them and that they looked crazy. They soon decided that she was crazy, and the next morning summoned the police. Genius. When you're trying to look crazy, just tell everyone else that they're crazy. That's literally all it took back then. Amazing. Don't go to sleep. Tell everybody they're crazy. Boom. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. You're crazy. You know what? You're right. You are crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, taken to a courtroom, they... Claimed that Nellie, or Nellie claimed that she had amnesia, uh, and the judge concluded that she had been drugged. Uh, several doctors then examined her, all declared her insane. Positively demented, said one. I consider it a hopeless case. She needs to put where someone will take care of her. The head of the insane pavilion at Bellevue Hospital pronounced her undoubtedly insane. The case of the pretty crazy girl attracted media attention. Who is this insane girl? asked the New York Sun. The New York Times wrote of the mysterious wife with the wild, haunted look in her eyes and her desperate cry, I can't remember, I can't remember. Wow, that's pretty scary. You won't. They could just paint you a certain way and... The media goes fucking crazy. They're like piranhas, they go crazy for it. It was, um... Sensationalism. Is, is the month of March a women's, women's month? Uh, is it? I'm not sure. I think it is. I think because we're about to be in March. We well, totally planned this. Yes, you're right. Thank you. We did. <laughs> but like, at least like once, like, like uh, let's try to do it once a week. Let's mention a woman because it's Women's International Month in March. And Miss... Why do you set these bars for us knowing that we're almost more than likely going to forget? I don't know, it's just want to be cool over here. We know we're more than likely going to forget to do that, and then everybody's going to think, this is shit. I remember. So it's your fucking fault. I remember. Patrick Farmer remembers. Oh, yeah, also, it's your fucking fault. We lost all the celebrities in a short span of time. You fucking caused that, by the way. Wait, who who? I'm just that? saying, you you did kind of set us up for that, bro. Uh, wait, you're the one that said, oh, we haven't lost any big celebrities in a while. And next then week, next 17 celebrities week, die. Yeah. So, good job. You heartless bastard. Yeah, it's all your fucking fault. Everybody blame him. Throw tomatoes at this man. I'll catch him in my mouth. 
I'll make tomato sauce, make pizza sauce. No, we have a pizza party. You're fucking weird, man. <laughs> uh, once, once admitted to the asylum, Bly abandoned any pretense at mental illness and began to behave as she would normally. The hospital staff seemed unaware that she was no longer insane and instead began to report her ordinary actions as symptoms of her illness. Even her pleas to be released were interpreted as further signs of mental illness. (laughs) Speaking with her fellow patients, Bly was convinced that some were as sane as she was. Bly experienced the deplorable conditions firsthand. The nurses behaved obnoxiously and abusively, telling the patients to shut up and beating them if they did not. The food consisted of gruel broth, spoiled beef, bread that was a little more than dried dough, and dirty, undrinkable water. Oh, God. The dangerous patients were tied together with ropes. The patients were made to sit for much of each day on hard benches with scant protection from the cold. Waste was all around the eating places. Rats crawled all around the hospital. And on the effect of her experiences, she wrote, What expecting torture would produce insanity quicker than this treatment? Here's a class of women sent to be cured. I would like to be the expert. I would like the expert physicians who are condemning me for my action, which was has proven their ability to take a perfectly sane and healthy woman, shut her up and make her sit from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. on straight back benches. Do not allow her to talk or move during these hours. Give her no reading and let her know nothing of the world or its doings. Give her bad food and harsh treatment and see how long it will take her to make her, how long it will take to make her insane. Two months would make her a mental and physical wreck. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So I mean she was seeing shit that nobody had ever seen before. Like she was there firsthand just seeing how fucking bad it really was. It really it really makes you wonder like what some of them people went through, you know? Shock therapy. Yeah, lobotomies, forced lobotomies. And even like she says in her article, when she wrote her article, some of the people she talked to in there looked like they were the completely normal people. Like, they weren't even insane. That's some... <clears throat> that's just the shit we know about. Imagine, like, the one-off places where they're, like, probably testing products on them. Different <laughs> experimental drugs and shit. Mm-hmm. Rapes, sexual assaults, probably going on like crazy because these people—they're not going to listen to you. Uh, I mean, who's going to believe the crazy lady? Uh, it's very, uh, it's very intense. That's for sure. Uh, a particularly memorable experience for Nellie were the baths that the patients received. The bath water was frigid, and buckets of it were poured over their heads after which the patients were roughly washed and scrubbed by attendants. The bath water was rarely changed, with many patients bathing in the same filthy water. Mm. Even Mm. when the water was eventually changed, the staff did not scrub or clean out the bath, instead throwing the next patient into a stained, dirty tub. The patients also shared bath towels, with healthy patients forced to dry themselves with a towel Previously used by patients with skin inflammations, boils, or open sores. Nellie recalled the bathing ritual with trepidation, stating, My teeth shattered and my limbs were goose-fleshed and blue with cold. Suddenly I got one after the other, three buckets of water over my head. 
ice cold water too into my eyes, my ears, my nose, and my mouth. It's fucking brutal. Uh, after ten days, the world that was the paper she was working for, secured Bly's release from the asylum. Her report, published in the world and later released as a book, caused a sensation and brought her lasting fame. Of her release, Bly wrote, I left the insane ward with pleasure and regret, pleasure that I was once more able to enjoy the free breath of heaven, regret that I could not have brought brought with me some of the unfortunate women who lived and suffered with me, and who I am convinced are just as sane as I was and am now myself. Wow. Yeah. Pretty fucking wild. Wait, how she's like... Just imagine she's like in there, like, okay, I'm going undercover. I'm not, I'm not that crazy. Do you tell you, do you tell the person that's running? Like, hey, I'm not crazy, by the way. I'm just not crazy. Do they still lock you up? Yeah, I mean, back then it didn't take much for them to classify you as crazy. Yeah, right. It's, it's, it's like basically your word against hers. Yeah, especially for like, especially during that time for women, you know what I mean? Where women were always looked at as just, you know, the ones that have to be at home playing house and shit, you know what I mean? So, sure, it wasn't hard to convince the world that a woman was crazy back then. But then, then during that time, you have, like, fucking serial killers just going out, slashing motherfuckers. That was the same era. Well, I bet you some of the people that were, like, the attendants at these places were more sick in the head than oh, a lot sure. of the patients. Because sure. how could you... How could you take someone who's already got a bad hand in the world and makes their suffering worse, you know? Yeah. It takes a real sick kind of person to be able to do that. I, I think the, I think, um, the reason this Asylum Solomon are still around, or back then, is because they get a grant from the uh, federal government. They're saying, hey, we're we here to help these guys. We're here to help. But fucking... But they get like the good. They get the good and saying these people are on their way to recovery. <sighs> yeah. Uh, the question in hand was how Nellie managed to convince professionals of her insanity in the first place, as revealed in her first-hand account, Ten Days in a Madhouse. Nellie spoke about how of how the pain of how the main physician that performed her examination was more focused on the attractive nurse that was assisting the examination than with Nellie herself. While physicians and staff worked to explain how she had deceived so many professionals, Bly's report prompted a grand jury to launch its own investigation, with Bly assisting. The jury's report resulted in an $850,000 increase in the budget of the Department of Public Charities and Corrections. The grand jury also ensured that the future examinations were more thorough, such that only the seriously ill were committed to the asylum. That's awesome. You say the main physician was checking out the shorty in the room, pretty much. Yeah, so like, say, hey, baby, you want to um, you want to hook up after uh, this session, huh? Huh? And now for uh, movie adaptions and that, there was uh, an independent film version of Ten Days in the Madhouse, written and directed by Timothy Hines in 2015. Uh, there was also a Lifetime movie in 2019 called Escaping the Madhouse, the Nellie Bly story, which stars Christina Ritchie as Nellie Bly. Uh, Television adaptions, American Horror Story Asylum was vaguely based on 10 Days in a Madhouse. 
Investigative journalist Lana Winters enters Briarcliff Asylum on a false pretenses with the intent of exposing patient abuses only to be discovered and committed for being a lesbian. Damn. Uh, in September 2017, a TV series was announced based on 10 Days in a Madhouse, written by Sarah Thrope, starring Kate Mara as Bly, executive produced by Mara Thorpe and Carolyn Newman for Entertainment One. Yeah. I'm not sure if that ever got made or not. It doesn't say. Uh, then there was a stage adaption in 2022. Uh, at the Musical Theater of Madison premiered an original musical created by Jennifer Headstorm and Karen Serrari titled Ten Days in a Madhouse. Fuck. Hell, pretty crazy. Hold on. Just looking something up real quick. I'm trying to remember the American Horror Story, but I only, like, vaguely remember it. Did you see it? No, I never watched. The Enchanted Island one. Yeah. I try to. I try to be. Try to watch the original at the beginning. But you don't. I realize you don't have to watch the first season. Yeah, they're all standalone basically. But if you notice all the characters, like the one, uh, they use the same ones over and over. Yeah. Only, for, the, for the most part, they only use like probably three or four original characters. Go back. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, Donson girl. And the one chick. And uh, one dude. What? What one dude? The one dude that was in, like, all the seasons. Oh, Aaron, uh... Yeah. What the fuck's his name? Yeah, the one that played Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Did you see that, uh... Their next one? For that is going to be the Mendez brothers. Is it really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's a fuck. That shit's fucked up, dude. Dude, I heard this, um, the recent season had uh, Kim Kardashian in it. The uh, Menendez brothers, their dad was like some big, either like a music executive or uh, like big producer in Hollywood, one or the other. I can't remember exactly which. But he was a, well, you know how it goes, the story. (laughs) Super fucked. Like every once in a while, a clip from the trial will pop up in my like short YouTube shorts or something. Ugh. Dark shit. Yeah. So, uh, this brings us to our next little piece. Um, while <clears throat> during you know Nellie Bly's ten days in the madhouse and during her expose at the asylum, she ended up coming across and meeting a woman named Lizzie Halliday. Um, Lizzie Halliday was born Eliza Margaret McNally, uh, and she was an Irish-American serial killer responsible for the four, the deaths of four people in upstate New York during the, the 1890s. Uh, in 1894, she became the first woman to be sentenced to death by electric chair, but Halliday's sentence was commuted and she spent the rest of her life in a mental institution. Uh, so we're going to... Getting a little background of her. Uh, yeah, her family moved to the U.S. when she was young. Uh, given uh, 
not an exact date of how old she was, but she was, they say she was anywhere between three or eight years old. Uh, in 1879, Halliday married a Greenwich, New York man known by the alias Charles Hopkins. His real name was Ketspool Brown. They are said to have had one son who ended up institutionalized. Uh, in 1881, after Hopkins' death, she married pensioner Artemis Brewer, but he also died less than a year later. Her third husband, Hiram Parkinson, after left her within the first year of their marriage. Halliday went on to marry George Smith, a war veteran who had served with Brewer after a reported failed attempt to kill Smith by putting arsenic in his tea. Lizzie fled to Bellows Falls, Vermont. She married Vermont resident Charles Playstell, but she vanished two weeks later. So, I mean, Lizzie's off to a great start already. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, good for Lizzie. <laughs> uh, in the winter of 1888, Halliday resurfaced in Philadelphia at a salon, or at a saloon on 1218 North Front Street that was run by the McQuillans friends she knew from Ireland. Going by the name Maggie Hopkins, Halliday set up shop but was later convicted of burning it down for the insurance money. She was sentenced to two years at Philadelphia's Eastern State Penitentiary. In 1889, now going by the name Lizzie Brown, she became the housekeeper for Paul Halliday, a twice a twice-widowed 70-year-old farmer living in Burlingham, New York with his sons. Their marriage was marred by the Halliday, by what Halliday described as Lizzie's sporadic spells of insanity. Within two years, the Halliday's family house and barn burned to the ground, and she was suspected of setting the fires. At some point, she stole a team of horses and had a neighbor help her drive them to Newburgh, New York, where she sold them. She was quitted of the crime on the grounds of insanity. Um. Yo, then, this Lizzie Brown looks fucking crazy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, in May 1891, the Halliday house was burned to the ground, killing Halliday's mentally captive, <clears throat> mentally handicapped son John. <clears throat> she was again suspecting of setting the fire since she was known to have disliked John. She claimed that he had died tr- trying to save her from the flames, but his locked bedroom door was discovered in the rubble. And Halliday was in possession of the key. Wow. Maybe if you're gonna lock the door to kill your son, maybe you don't keep the key in your hand in your pocket. Maybe. Maybe that's like a you know maybe they should teach that in like serial killer school. Maybe, you know. You think. Uh soon after she'd burned soon after she had burned down the Halliday barn and mill as well, she attempted to run off with another man, but was arrested and sent to an asylum. She was transferred to another asylum, but was then declared cured and released, returning home to Halliday. Paul Halliday disappeared that August. She claimed he had gone to a nearby town to do masonry work. Following the neighbor's suspicion that something was not right about her story, a search warrant was obtained, and on September 4th, the bodies of two women were found buried in a hay in a barn. Both had been shot. The women were later identified as Margaret and Sarah McQuillan. Um, oh, the girls who own the bar. Mm-hmm. New York residents who were part of the family Lizzie had stayed with in Philadelphia. 
Little could be ascertained from the from Halliday as when questioned, she behaved in an erratic manner, tearing at her clothes and talking incoherently. She was kept in custody, and some thought she was merely faking insanity. A few days later, after the McQuillans were found, Paul Halliday's mutilated body was discovered under the floorboards of his house. He had also been shot. Lizzie was charged with the murders and held for trial at the Civilian County Jail in Monticello, New York. During her first few months there, she refused to eat, attacked the sheriff's wife, and set fire to her own bed, tried to hang herself, and cut her own throat with broken glass, about which she said, I would... I thought I would cut myself to see if I would bleed. Her jailers were forced to chain her for the, to the floor during the remaining months she was there. When she was in jail, while she was in jail, Lizzie received national attention, with one sensational story after another appearing across the country in tabloid newspapers. The New York world portrayed Lizzie's case as unprecedented and almost without parallel in the annals of crime, she was covered by the world's Nellie Bly, who eventually managed to get an interview with Lizzie in which she revealed her previous marriages, flat facts Bly was able to confirm. Another useful source for reporters was Robert Halliday, Paul Halliday's son. The Sullivan County Sheriff started a new round of speculation when he told the press that Lizzie was probably connected to the Jack Ripper murders. Holy shit. Although no connection was ever made. Damn, bro. We could bro. be looking at the fucking Jack the Ripper killer right now, dude. This could be her. This could have been her the whole time. That'd be fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, the revelation that she had been married five times before she wed Paul Halliday. <gasps> Scandalous for the times. Mm-hmm. Five marriages. Damn. That two of her husbands. She's a loose had, woman. That two of her husbands had died less than a year after their weddings, and that Lizzie had tried to poison a third, led the press to speculate that she was responsible for at least six deaths. Whether these men died of natural causes or were murdered is not known. The New York Times noted in June eighteen ninety four. Lizzie also made a claim confided to Robert Halliday that she killed that she had killed a husband in Belfast, but had managed to conceal the crime. On june twenty first, eighteen ninety four, Halliday was convicted at the Sullivan County Oyer and Terminer County for the murder of Margaret McMillan McQuillan and Sarah Jane McQuillan. She became the first woman ever to be sentenced to death by electrocution via New York State's New York electric chair. Governor Roswell P. Flower commuted her sentence to P. life Flower. in a mental institution <laughs> after a medical commission, medical commission declared her insane. Halliday was sent to the Matawan State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where she spent the remainder of her life. She became a model patient and was trusted with sewing privileges giving her access to tools, including scissors. She grew close to Nellie Wicks, one of the, stu- one of the attendants at uh, Matawan, but she was deeply upset by Wicks' plans to leave the institution. So in 1906, she killed Wicks by stabbing her 200 times with a pair of scissors. Holy shit. Yeah. Crazy. So she had finally made a friend. And this friend was going to leave her, so she said, well, you're not going to leave me now. I'm going to fucking stab you to death. Not just stab you to death, I'm going to stab you 200 times. Sounds completely stable. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm gonna save two hundred times. If you're still alive, we can still be. You go write me when you get out. Uh, and then on June twenty eighth, nineteen eighteen, Halliday died of Bright's disease after spending half, nearly half her life in the asylum. Wow. Yep. What a fucking girl. What a wild ride. Yep. So wait, she Nellie Bly wasn't trying to uh, say that she was one of the innocent no, ones, no. right? <laughs> she had just because of all the attention she was getting, Nellie Bly ended up trying to, you know, ended up getting a story with her and was able to talk to her. Oh yeah, we got a little bit. So that's kind of weird, though. But so she just kind of pr- basically stumbled across the story and probably just couldn't let it go. But it's kind of weird that she did all this to like bring uh, like awareness to what was going on. But then in the end, she kind of exploited this one woman's kind of wild story too. Yeah, you know? I was just about to say. Um, after publishing her book, after Nellie published her book and gained. Celebrity status. Uh, she used her reporting skills that she had gained in the asylum to schedule an exclusive interview with the allegedly insane serial killer Lizzie Halliday. Biogra- biograph- biographer Brooke Kroger argues her two-part series in October 1887 was a sensation, effectively la- launching the decade of stunt or detective reporting, a clear precursor to investigate investigative journalism and one of Joseph Pulitzer's innovations that helped give new journalism of the 1880s and 1890s its moniker. The employment of stunt girls was often dismissed as a circulation-boosting gimmick of the sensationalist press. However, the genre also provided women with their first collective opportunity to to demonstrate that. As a class, they had skills necessary for the highest level of general reporting. The stunt girls, with Bly as their prototype, were the first women to enter the journalistic mainstream in the 20th century. Very cool. Um, now... So her boss was Pulitzer from the Pulitzer Prize, obviously, yeah? Probably, yeah. And then, uh, as for what happened to our girl Nellie Bly, after the fanfare from her expose and a trip around the world, Bly quit reporting and took a lucrative job writing serial novels for publisher Norman Munro's weekly New York family story paper. The first chapters of Eva the Adventurous, based on the real-life trial of Eva Hamilton, appeared in print before Bly returned to New York. Between 1889 and 1895, she wrote 11 novels, a few copies of the paper survived. These novels were thought lost until... 2021, when author David Blixt announced their discovery found in Munro's British weekly, The London Story Paper. In 1893, though still writing novels, she returned reporting for the world. Uh, In 1895, Bly married a millionaire manufacturer, Robert Seaman. Bly was 31 and Seaman was 73 when they married. Due to her husband's failing health, she left journalism and succeeded her husband as head of the Ironclad Man- Manufacturing Company, which made steel containers such as milk cans and boilers. Seaman died in 1904. That same year, Ironclad began manufacturing the steel barrel that was the model 
but the 55-gallon oil drum still in widespread use in the United States. There have been claims that Bly invented the barrel, but the inventor was registered as Henry Werhen. Bly was, however, an inventor in her own right, receiving a U.S. patent for a novel milk can and a U.S. patent for a stacking garbage can, both under her married name of Elizabeth Cochran Seaman. For a time, she was one of the leading women and industrialists in the United States, but her negligence and embezzlement by a factory manager resulted in the iron-clad manufacturing company going bankrupt. According to biographer Brooke Kroger, she ran her company as a model of social welfare, replit with health benefits and recreational facilities, but Bly was hopeless at understanding the financial aspects of her business and ultimately lost everything. Unscrupulous employees bilked the firm of hundreds of thousands of dollars, troubles compounded by protracted and costly bankruptcy litigation. Back in reporting, she covered the women's suffrage procession of 1913 for the New York Evening Journal. Her article's headline was Suffragists Are Men's Superiors, and in its text she accurately predicted that it would be 1920 before women in the United States would be given the right to vote. Bly wrote stories on Europe's Eastern Front during World War I. Bly was the first woman, first woman and one of the first foreigners to visit the war zone between Serbia and Austria. She was arrested when she was mistaken for a British spy. On January 27, 1922, Bly died of pneumonia in St. Mark's Hospital in New York City, aged 57. She was interred at Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx, New York City. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm famous cemetery. In 1998, Bly was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame. Bly was one of four journalists honored with the U.S. postage stamp in a Women of Journalism set in 2002. In 2019, the Roosevelt Island Operating Corporation put out an open call for artists to create a Nellie Bly memorial art installation on Roosevelt Island. The winning proposal, The Girl Puzzle by Amanda Matthews, was announced on October 16, 2019. The Girl Puzzle opened to the public. In December 2021, the New York Press Club confers an annual Nellie Bly Club Reporter Journalism Award to acknowledge the best journalistic effort by an individual with three years or fewer professional experience. In 2020, it was awarded to Claudia Isaray Aponte of the city. So yeah, man. Shout out to fucking Nellie Bly, man. Did some big things in the world. Like tanking her ex-husband's fucking co- or tanking her her dead husband's company into the ground, but also really great stuff too. But yeah, man, that's the story of Nellie Bly and her expose on the insane asylum and Lizzie Halliday, who may or may not have been Jack the Ripper. Well, I guess we'll never know. Very cool story, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one of my favorite stories I've read in a while. Shout out to her, man. It was, good. it was a good episode. You know, 
um hearing the about the the girl uh just for some reason reminded me of uh the black widow and adam's family values oh yeah to uncle fester's wife Fester. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you feel like, you know, did you also feel like near the end there of her story, did you feel like maybe she started to fly a little too close to the sun? What do you mean? Like, I felt like she was just getting a little, she like let the expo, like the celebrity status she was getting from the expo, I feel like she kind of let it, you know. Nellie Bly or? Yeah, Nellie Bly, I feel like she kind of let it go to her head a little bit too much near the end there. Did kind of seem like that, right? She marries like a fucking seven-year-old man when she's only like thirty. Yeah, because he's a millionaire. You know, like uh, Anna Nicole Smith. But at least she ended her life on a good note by you know one of the last things she did was covered the women's suffrage movement. I guess that's pretty solid note to end your life on. I guess. Yeah, it's like it's. I was that's I was kind of torn in the begin in the middle too. So it's like, oh yeah, she did. She did, on one hand, she brought, like, that uh, congressional hearing against all the mental hospitals. She, like, was instrumental in that, but then on the same hand also took advantage of the girl's story. So it's like, that's kind of underhanded, but I guess in the grand scheme of things... She did more good than bad. It seems and you, like... you know the media, once they get a hold of a good story like that, it's off to the races pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it seems, it seems like, uh, that's why I'm saying, like, it seems like near the end of her life, she went back to, you know, remembering, like, what she did yeah, before in the first right. place, you know. But I agree, it does seem kind of like she used her, like, status to kind of manipulate that Lizzie Halliday into an interview, just because she know, you know, but, you know can't expect journalists to be all good. Yeah, we're all humans, I guess, at yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> so, but it's yeah. cool, man. You know, she, uh, that's one of those stories where, you know, like they were saying in there, the shit she did in journalism changed journalism forever, probably, especially for women journalists, which is pretty cool. Definitely. Definitely, um, definitely brought like a whole new kind of like investigative journalism and shit. For sure. And some legitimacy to female reporters yeah i feel like we've kind of lost that now again i feel like a lot of the investigative journalism now is just them like you know pretending to like making up stories that aren't actually there yeah and a lot of it's like monopolized and like controlled opposition a lot of times you know like the journalists who go to fucking like these foreign countries and just while they're there, they just happen to get, like, bombed and shit while they're there in that specific area. Like, bro, we know that shit's not real. You know what we forgot to talk about? What? How about that guy in fucking Gaza, dude? Oh, the guy who lit himself on fire? Yes, dude. People are, like, people are calling him a hero and shit, man. I don't know. I think he was kind of nuts. That's fucking... That's a little... You got... I mean... <clears throat> there's, like, a... There's, like, a precedent of that happening in war times, like, you know, like, uh, the Chinese guy, or, I think it was either Japanese or Chinese guy the did that, in front, in front of the tank, yeah, yeah I remember that. so there's, like, kind of, like, a historical precedent, and he probably knew it would bring, like, a lot of attention, so I guess he felt strongly enough that, 
It kind of like I don't know. It makes me think like you know why give up your life for you know for like others? in the name of like you know like a a system like that that's so you know purely evil basically. I guess I don't really know how to say it, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you understand what I'm trying to say. I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, I you know what I mean. Everybody has their reasons for what they do, but he was definitely strong in his beliefs, man. Because that's that takes some fucking gigantic brass balls, bro. Me personally, I don't think I. You know, I mean, if people want to call him a hero, whatever, you know, whatever you feel. But uh, me personally, I don't think that was. That's not what it was to me personally. But I mean, I can understand why people would see it that way. Very graphic, how they. they just released the video like that, and you could just hear him they, talking throughout the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's like, that's fuck, crazy, man. And people, once again, you know, people just can't, can't look away. You know what I mean? It's like people eat that shit right up. Eat that shit right up. Fucking like put it. Yeah, dude, it's just, I don't know, man. I hate to be that guy, dude, because I know I, like, I know this is going to, like, sound like, it's going to come out sounding like a joke, but it's not. But, like, when I first started hearing people talk about it, like, on Twitter, when they were saying, oh, like, oh, yeah, this guy, revolutionary protest. The first thing that popped in my head was when Jim Jones said in the death tapes. <laughs> God, it always comes back Listen, to Jones. when he said you, we're bro. not committing suicide, we're committing revolutionary suicide. That's all I could think about. What the fuck does that mean? He convinces people that they're what they were doing was meaningful. Were standing for something. It's like yeah, yeah meaningful suicide. That it was gonna right? mean something. Like, well y'all don't drink that Kool Aid. Because they were never actually in danger. Don't drink that Kool Aid, y'all. All roads don't lead back to Jonestown, my man. Dude, I'm sorry, it's all I could think. It's <laughs> your fucking fault, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one that put me down a rabbit hole for the first time ever and I've gone crazy ever since. I've been insane. Yo, Chup. He he told us I swear I'm not gonna talk about Jonestown. I used to be a normal little sheeple, and then you had to open my brain, dude. And now I can't stop. Yeah, you know how... You're welcome. You know how there's lizard people? There's lizard people everywhere. You're fucking lizard people. I'm not a lizard person. I'm far normal from a lizard person. (laughs) Alright, boys, what do you think? (laughs) <laughs> he just give me that super look like, shut the fuck up. How about, how about, how about that? How about, how about, how about that? Yeah, hey. I think we, I can get home still to a decent time to eat something. Go to bed. Yeah, I'm fucking smoked. Shit. I need to eat something, but I also kind of just want to go home and go sleep. Shit, yeah, I need to go home and take a duke duke. Like, I also want to eat a pierogi. Yeah, we could tell, man. I also want to go home and eat some fucking pierogies. All I can think about. Fair. Yeah, I like pierogies are just... Macaroni with potatoes in it. You shut the fuck up! Don't ever fucking talk about pierogies like that again. What about Yankees? I'll kill your fucking family. Yankees? Some Yankees? Yankees are fucking rolled up potatoes. Pretty fire. These are disgusting. Those is not. Yeah, they are. You gotta have some red sauce with that shit. <laughs> Alright, let's get out this piece. Yeah, let's get out of here. Alright, see ya. Alright, Alice. Bye.